Straight Talk with Kathy, your go-to source for health and wellness discussions from one of our country's leading motivational speakers, Kathy Robinson Pickett. And now, without further delay, here's Straight Talk with Kathy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Straight Talk with Kathy. I'm your host, Kathy Robinson Pickett, and I'm a woman with something to say. And as usual, I have a lot to say on <laughs> a lot of different topics, but this month is April, and April seems to be Awareness Month for all sorts of important issues. It's Child Abuse Awareness Month, and I know that lots of my listeners take that subject extremely serious and do lots of great work in that area. It's also Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and certainly I know lots of you have lots of campaigns going on right now, uh, awareness stuff on college campuses and high schools and in your communities about sexual assault and sexual awareness. And so those are two topics we've certainly done a lot of episodes on on this show, and we will continue to talk about. But this week, I've decided to talk about another topic that is an Awareness Month topic for April, and that's organ donation. And it's one of those topics that people have a hard time discussing with their family and friends. It's one of those topics that seems to kind of still be taboo and brings up kind of scary nervousness when we even broach that subject, but it's a topic that's so important and so vital to have conversations with not only your elderly folks about, but your young people as well. So I've thought really long and hard that this is a topic that we need to talk about today. It certainly is a very personal topic to me. Most of you know that are regular listeners that my late husband, Steve, passed away April 25th of 2005 in a car accident. And when he passed away, they approached me in the hospital about organ donation. And I knew without a doubt that Steve would want his organs donated. He had lived his life as someone that gave constantly to his community, to his family, to um, his country. And so I knew that he certainly in depth would want to continue to give. And so I had no question in my mind about signing that paperwork. This week, this last two weeks has been a really emotional time in my life. Uh, it seems like <laughs> it just hits me. All, everything comes at once. Some of you know that that's how everybody's life seems to happen. It's just everything comes at once. And I sold my house in Lakeland that had been Steve and I's house together and the kids last week. It's been for sale for a long time, but the sale actually happened very quickly. I got an offer on one Thursday and closed last Thursday. So I had a seven-day period to go through the things that were left at the house and lots of that were Steve's belongings that when he had passed away that I had just kind of packed up. And so it brought out lots of emotions inside of me. I started having migraines. <laughs> For those of you that have are migraine sufferers, I have a new um, found just sense of empathy with you. I've never had headaches like this before, and boy, I hope they're going to go away when my stress level goes down. The doctor says he thinks they will, so let's see if he's right. But at any rate, um, as the house closed last week, and I came home um, to Lehigh on Thursday, and Saturday I went out to get the mail. Our mail comes late in the afternoon, and when I went out to the mailbox and opened it up, 
I had a card in the mailbox and it was a graduation announcement of a young woman and at first I, I'm like, who is this? I, I didn't recognize the name on the envelope and then I realized as I opened and started reading it was from um, a young woman who had received one of Steve's organs and it was her announcement that she was graduating from college and it just uh, was such a sign from God to me that um, life moves on and is is definitely um, a big circle of the circle of life as they say so that really helped me uh, last weekend to to put a closure to that chapter of and turn the page so this Monday, I was headed off to work, and um, you, most of you know that I drive country roads all the time, and some of them are not the safest roads in the world, and I was out in the middle of nowhere, and um, a, a terrible, terrible accident happened in front of me. I semi-truck um, crushed, just no other word for it, crushed a car as I was right there, and um, I, of course jumped out of my car with my cell phone, dialing 911. I got to the vehicle and two of the people were expired and one person, an elderly woman, was still alive at the time and in great pain and moaning and um, clearly was probably not going to survive this accident. And the only thing I could do was put my hand in and touch her and, and say a prayer with her and just talk to her until... Um, EMS and, and people got there. As you know, when you live in the boonies and you travel the roads that are in the boonies, lots of times it takes a long time for EMS and um, police and those kinds of things to get to a scene of an accident. And as I drove away from that accident that day, um, I just started thinking so strongly about how fragile life is. And then on the radio, there was a, a commercial about it being National Organ Donation Awareness Month. And I thought, well, this is three humongous signs, boom, boom, boom. Obviously, this is a topic that we need to talk about. And so I got online and I did some research because I know some personal stuff around organ donation, but I didn't know a lot of statistics. And so I thought that it was a good idea to share some of those statistics with you today. So some of those statistics are that one person, one person donating their organs can save eight lives. That's amazing. But it, they're tissue and their corneas can go to another 50 people. So there's just so many people that can be helped from one death that may be tragic even. It may be a, a tragedy. It could be a child or it could be a teenager in an accident. Um, but their life certainly can go on to save the lives of such a huge number of people. I found that on the waiting list right now in the United States, we have 113,718 people on waiting lists for organ donations. About 79 people every day receive a transplant, but about 18 people every day in the United States die waiting on a transplant. Um, so those numbers are, are just really staggering. With as many people die every day in our country of natural causes or in accidents and those kinds of things, you would think that there would be a lot more people than 79 um, receiving transplants every day, but that's the number. The numbers that made me so happy, and I, I was just really, I have to tell you, surprised by them, was the survival rate, because I've often wondered, you know, just how long does somebody live? Because when we receive organs, you know, you 
have to take medicine to um, keep your body from rejecting those organs and you keep your immune system firm from, you know, fighting those organs off because they're foreign objects in your body. And so these numbers were just amazing for me. Um, five years after an organ donation has taken place um, with a kidney, 69% of people are still alive five years later. With a heart, 74.9% of patients that receive a heart transplant are still alive five years later. Livers, 73%, and lungs, 55%. That's huge numbers of quality of life that I was just so impressed and surprised by. Now, a lot of you may not recognize or realize that you don't have to be dead to be a donor. Um, people can donate bone marrow. Oftentimes you see on TV where they're doing bone marrow drives where um, you've got a child or maybe a firefighter or something in a community and you're seeing, um, you know, these drives take place. It's really simple. You can um, have your bone marrow tested and typed uh, with the same place that you donate your blood in your local community. And by the way, donating blood is such an easy thing that saves so many so many lives every year. That was one of the projects when I was at Florida Southern that I was so proud of was our blood donation drives. We did them four times a year and we just really um, worked hard to make sure we could have as many donors as possible. You can also donate things like kidneys. I actually have a friend whose mother donated her her kidney. Um, she decided she only needed one and her daughter needed one to be able to live and not have to be on dialysis. And so there's all kinds of ways to donate um, without even being passed away. What I found was surprising is that 62% of living donors um, are female, so we far outweigh um, men in that category of being able to, to give the gift of life, um, and probably that is simply awareness, I would have to think. So how do you have the conversation with somebody? Well, you know, every family is going to be different, and every family is going to have um, traditions and values and religious thoughts on on organ donation. Um, but certainly, most religions support organ donation. I, I don't know of any that are um, terribly against the, the idea of being able to save another life. Um, but there's lots of resources on the web. I just found tons and tons of resources. But the website that I thought was best for being direct and being able to help you with those tools is organdonors.gov. So it's organ, sorry, I can't talk right, organdonors.gov. And they had tons of information on there. This is the thing, and, and those of you that have listened to the show before know that I'm so concerned that people have conversations around end-of-life issues. I'm so concerned that every one of you listening to me gets a living will, makes out a living will. You can go online, download them for free, fill it out, sign it, have someone witness it. They don't even have to be notarized, but I certainly think it's always better to have things notarized if you can. Um, but what you don't want to do with that living will when you make it out is put it in your safety deposit box and leave it there because that does you no good. So when you make out your living will, you want to put it in an envelope in the glove compartment of your car. You want to make sure the person making medical decisions for you has a copy of it. 
and your doctor's office has a copy of it. You also um, need to have one in your house somewhere. And lots of you know that I'm um, a big advocate of ICE, and that's ICE in case of emergency, having that in your phone. If you've never heard of that, when you hear this podcast today, pull out your phone, put in an emergency contact person, whoever you would want called if you were in an accident or something's happened to you, and you put that enlisted in, in your phone under ICE. The same thing holds true for in your home. Paramedics and um, EMS people are trained to go to your refrigerator and your freezer and look for things that say ice on them. So if you have um, a living will and instructions, a list of medications that you take, if you'll put it in a container, um, a waterproof container, and write ice on it and put it in a visible spot in your refrigerator door or in your freezer door, many paramedics are trained to go there. So that's another place that you could put your living will as well. These are conversations that need to happen in all families and unfortunately lots of times it takes a tragedy for these conversations to occur it doesn't matter if someone's young or old an accident can happen at any time and if your family doesn't know what your wishes are they're going to have to make guesses and that's a horrible position to put someone in I can tell you when Steve passed away I had no guesses um the Terry Shavo case had been going on in Florida for about a year when Steve passed away and and they were trying to decide who could have the authority to pull the plug and um, we had a number of conversations not just with ourselves but with our friends and with Lindsay and Garrett even though they were young about what we would want if something happened to us what they would want what we should do Um, so I had no doubt in my heart exactly what my plan needed to be so I just want to encourage you to do that I know that a couple of you that are listeners to, to my show Um, have moms on waiting lists for lungs and I've been thinking about both of you all this week and I certainly hope um, that that gift of life comes through for your moms um, soon and know that I'm I'm keeping them on my prayer list every day and so uh, if you want to reach out to us you can reach us at email at straighttalkwithkathy at gmail.com on our Facebook, I would love for you to be a fan on our Facebook. It's Straight Talk with Kathy, and you just visit there and hit like, and then you're our friend on Facebook. You can also hear us and see us on Twitter at Straight Talk Pod. I'll tell you, my blood pressure's been up on Twitter lately, so if you're uh, if you're not political in nature, you may not want to follow me because um, this campaign season has my blood pressure a little high, and I think my husband's threatening to block all news channels on my TV, and so. So, um, but it's an exciting time in, in politics as well as the social studies teacher in me always comes out this time of, of year when campaigns are going on. And I'll tell you, if you're not registered to vote, get out and register to vote. Um, I don't care if you have a D or an R or an I behind your name. That doesn't matter to me. What does matter is that you register to vote and that you take part in the process. And so um, if you're not registered, get out there and get that done as well. If you have show ideas, please send them to us. We're always looking for new topics and things that you want to hear about. And so until next time, everybody, please be safe. And please remember to be the boss of your brain.